Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Simon Popple, who's the MD of Brookvale Capital and a sound money expert in gold investing, having dedicated his career to the gold industry for the last 15 plus years. Um, Simon's on the show to discuss the, the main misconceptions of investing in gold and why now is probably the most uh, important time, more than ever, to understand why gold uh, is important as an investment vehicle uh, to maintain and build wealth. Um, Simon's going to be uh, attending the Europe's um, largest mining event, which is resourcing tomorrow, which is formerly known as the Mines and Money London event, uh, which is taking place in London on the 28th to 30th of November. Um, a great platform for the entire, entire uh, mining value chain, fostering learning, uh, lively debates and providing valuable networking opportunities. So um, I've got a link below in the, the show notes. So please register now um, and you receive a discount on um, on a uh, ticket. If you purchase a ticket, uh, if you put a code, the code dig deep 10 in, which is all um, in the show notes of companies. So uh, don't delay. Please go and uh, book your tickets to uh, resourcing tomorrow. So let's welcome Simon to the podcast. How are you doing, Simon? I'm very good. Great to be here. Yeah, appreciate you uh, yourself. And as I uh, as I mentioned, you um you were uh, you've been investing in gold for for a while now, and this is obviously a main passion of yours. So I just wonder if you can just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and your career, um, and then we can go into talking about more about gold. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, my background is uh, a typical MBA, works in the city, uh, in corporate finance, buying and selling companies. Um, then I had mates in, in the property world who were earning uh, very good money, but pr- probably working half the hours I was. So I, I went into property, um, enjoyed that. I was a, became a director of one of the world's largest private property companies when I was uh, in my 30s. Uh, but if I'm honest, I kind of got a bit concerned about uh, inflation and, and retirement. And uh, uh, I was told never love anything that can't love you back. And I think property probably falls into that boat. So even though I did very well out of property, um, I didn't see it as uh, something I could always make money from. And um, so I kind of left it to set up uh, Brookville Capital. Uh, I probably left it a little bit early, but... Um, you know, if, if I'm honest, I've done very well uh, with my investments. I got spotted by Money Week and got asked to write a newsletter for them. Uh, then was asked to write a newsletter for uh, Agora Financial, which is which used to own Money Week. I didn't actually realise at the time that when Money Week was sold, they wanted to keep me on, and so I wrote Gold Speculator for them. Um, and now I'm sort of quite. Uh, horny for want of a better term about educating people about investing in gold uh, even though it's been around for thousands of years and it's used in our sort of everyday language like they've been as good as gold or looking forward to my golden years or I'm worried about that gold digger um, people just don't seem to know how to invest in it and it and 
what I really want to do is sort of educate people about um, investing in gold and um, hopefully they can you know, do as well as I've done. Um, before we talk about um, the three misconceptions of, uh, in, uh, about investing in gold, um, what is gold? What, what, I suppose what is gold and why is it important in maintaining and building wealth? Well, I, I think there's a variety of different aspects of it, but let me just you know pick on a few. Uh, the first is it's limited supply. Um, you know, gold mines can only produce so much. You only get so much coming to the market each year. And, um, you know, you can't print it. So I, I think that's quite important in this day and age to have something that um, you can't print and it's got limited supply. Um, the next thing is that we live in a global world and gold is probably the only asset I can think of which is globally recognised as valuable. You can take you know, a piece of gold anywhere in the world and it's, it's recognised as valuable. Um, you don't get the same... Uh, Thing from equities, bonds, uh, property. You know, if you've got a property, let's say in London, uh, it's going to be worth a hell of a lot more than a property in, you know, somewhere else in the country, simply because it's in London, it's location. And gold is sort of location agnostic. If you've got gold, uh, a piece of gold is worth the same in London as it is in, in Paris, you know. Uh, so I, I think uh, it's a sort of universal currency. And I think it in, in, in this day and age where, um, you know, I for one have got, you know, my my house is in sterling, my pension's in sterling, um, my uh, earnings are in sterling. I kind of like the idea of, of, of having a bit of diversification. So all my eggs aren't in one basket. Um, I, if I'm honest, I don't know what currency is going to be a winner. Uh, but, um, I, I, you know, I've had a look at gold and, you know, it's done very well. So against any currency. So, um, you know, I'm happy to have some. Obviously, we're talking about gold. Would you class gold in a similar category as silver? Because they are both money. Um, and I just wonder if you can just tell us a little bit maybe about the differences between the two. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the UK, you pay VAT on silver and you pay a much higher spread when you buy it. When I say spread, it means, let's say the spot price is 23 bucks. You'll probably pay 25 bucks or something like that. Whereas if gold, uh, if, if the spot price was... Uh, you know, 2000, you probably pay 2001. So you've got a much smaller spread. But uh, I, th I think they're both valuable. I mean, um, personally, I think you should probably have exposure to both. And, um, you know, what I like about silver is, uh, you know, heaven forbid we had some sort of Armageddon, but if we did, um, then going around with, with a coin that's, let's say, worth $25 today means you can probably buy some fuel and food and things like that. Um, whereas a gold coin, let's say worth a thousand dollars, you know, I don't think that's going to be much use to you. You know, you don't want to go to your local supermarket with a coin that's worth a thousand dollars. You know, that's, that's one hell of a big shop and you probably aren't allowed to spend a thousand dollars. So um, I, I think they're both very useful. And um, I think, you know, obviously silver's got a lot more applications in terms of industrial uses, but um it's, it's not as rare as gold. So uh, it, if, if people are looking to invest in gold and silver, you know, I just, I, I'd say, you know, have a bit of both. Uh, we were speaking speaking off air. Um, and I suppose, I suppose people do have, or some people do have exposure to gold. Now that may be in the paper markets, but 
there's also the physical gold. And before we go on to the um, uh, misconceptions, why would why would someone potentially consider a physical gold asset rather than a paper gold asset? Well, I think a lot depends on why you want it in the first place. And uh, if you want it uh, to protect you, uh, if there was a let's say a major economic collapse of some sort, then if you've got physical gold, you know that's you know it's tangible. It's you know it's uh, I'll go on to the misconceptions in, in a moment, but but um, you know that's something that you can point out and it you own it. Whereas if you've got a paper gold, um, you can point to a piece of paper, but if the economic collapse has meant that that organisation that the paper is attached to is no longer viable, um, then and the question is, you know, what's the value of that piece of paper? Um, and uh, so I personally, um, I do get involved in paper gold, but that tends to be more through equities. Uh, but um, I like to have some physical gold because I just feel um, it's more real. And um, there's a lot more paper gold than physical gold. So uh, for me, um, you know, I, I like to have some physical, which I think is, you know, is important. Um, so you're going to obviously be speaking at the uh, Resourcing Tomorrow event um, about the three misconceptions about investing in cold. Uh, so I wondered if uh, we could run through them and unpack each one separately. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, the first one is that people think that uh, if you invest in physical gold, you're going to have gold lying around the house. And you're not. You know, I've, I've, I've invested a lot in uh, physical gold and silver, and I've never taken delivery. You know the the people that I buy it with. You know they store it for me, they insure it for me, and for me it's a very useful way of, of managing cash because uh, you know I've got money in my bank account, but uh, if I'm honest, I, I tend to spend it. And uh, whereas if I've got money sitting in gold, um, I don't spend it, uh, but if I need it, I've got access to it. And yes, I'm taking a risk with the gold price, but that's a risk I'm happy to take. And um, so for me, it's, it's it's not just an asset, but it, it's it, it's a, a cash management system. You know, it, it's it's got a lot of uh, benefits. And obviously there, there's obviously three. So that, that's, that was the first one. And, and I suppose based on what you said, I'm someone that also uh, collects gold and silver. Um, although I do take delivery, I, I also have a um, self-deposit self box deposit box so or have a few of those so i don't actually again physically keep any gold or silver at home i've taken delivery and then i've put it into another secure unit um for, for safekeeping which i can then access when i go to that physical location um which is stored so again that's another another way or another form where you can can have access to physical gold or silver and take delivery of it, but then secure it in a highly vaulted um, area, which, which again, is what, what I do. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's great. I mean, whether you do that or whether you get them to store and insure it is, you know, I think it's – the thing I love about this is you've got choice. You know, you, you do one thing, I do another. But it, it's um, – there's a massive misconception that <laughs> – excuse me – they all have gold, you know, sort of lying down the back of the sofa, and it just isn't true. And um, I think that that's something that, uh, you know, if you go shopping, you you tend to 
go shopping and you know you buy your food and you you take it home and uh, you know it, 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 if it's clothes or whatever it is you know you, you sort of go out there you buy it and you take it home and I think that's one of the sort of things that messes with people's heads a bit about gold is you buy it but you don't have to take it home and you're like oh hang on but I've bought gold you know why why haven't I got it at home and it, it's it's just the sort of different way of 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 of, of buying stuff but um you know it's perfectly valid and what's the the second misconception i think the second misconception is you don't get any any income from gold and that is something that you know a lot of people they straight away go oh you know i want income don't get any income from gold um and i, I think there's two points there first of all uh you can invest in gold stocks um and you know i was looking at uh, one the other day, Newmont's got a market value of I think thirty-two billion dollars, which yeah, is quite a large company, and it's, it's yielding about I know three point nine percent, something like that. And uh, now, I, if I'm honest, I don't know what you can get in a bank account at the moment. Let's say you can get I know four and a half. But what I like about uh, you know a gold company is first of all you've got the potential for capital gain. Uh, you, okay, you've got three point nine versus four and a half. Uh, you've got exposure to gold, so. Um, I think that could help you protect your your purchasing power, and um, you you you've got exposure to you know in the case of a you know a really large company like Newmont, lots of different mines, lots of different countries, lots of different commodities. Um, whereas if if you have got your money with a bank, you just got exposure to to that one bank, and um, so you know I, I I don't think there's a you know, right thing to do with 100% of your money, but I just like the idea of having a bit of a spread. So, um, you know, I don't have all my eggs in one basket. So, um, yeah, I, I think the second, yeah. yeah. Carry I was going to say the second thing is it, 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 you don't have an income. And, you know, I think the other thing I'd say is, you know, if you look at uh, the price of gold um, in different currencies, you know, let's say US dollar, on average, it, it's gone up sort of 9 10% per year. Obviously, some years it's gone down. But if you look at an average over like you know, 20 years, something like that, it's done about 10%. So, um, you know, even though you know, there's no guarantees the price is going to go up, there's always a chance that, um, you know, you can buy it, price goes up, and you then sell, you know, 10% of it, 5% of it, whatever you want an in income. So um, you can be a bit creative uh, and get an income. So I think you need to be a little bit careful of just looking at something at face value and go, right, Gold, no income, not interested. You know, there are ways of uh, of getting an income from it. And what's the uh, third misconception? The third misconception is it's risky. And excuse me, if you invest in a gold junior mining company, yes, it is risky. But if you invest in physical gold, um, as you know, I just alluded to, you know, you're you're investing in a, a commodity, and you know, obviously, you can go silver as well, you perhaps some other commodities, but but um, yes, you're taking some risk, but at least uh, you know gold's got a um, a track record over over a long period of time of protecting your purchasing power and and helping you against the fight and inflation and things like that. And so, um, you know, I quite like the idea of of, of having something which can help me um, in those areas. And um, I wouldn't view it as as risky. You know, if if I want risk, yes, I'll get some junior mining stocks, but but you don't have to uh, invest in the, in the riskiest format. And I think a lot of people, they they look at gold and, you know, they hear about these junior mining stocks and they go, oh, that's too risky. 
And yeah, they probably are for a lot, you know, a lot of people, but you don't have to invest in that that part of the market. There's lots of other parts of the market you can look at. Um, obviously, people within the industry may know about gold and understand what it what it what value it is. But why isn't gold, I suppose, spoken much about in the media? Um, and I suppose why don't we learn about precious metals, gold or silver, in our in our just general education? Um, when we're at school, is there is there any thoughts around that? Well, I, I, I think that um, you know fiat currencies, you know, you, you you want your fiat currency to to do well, and by gen- generally, we're talking up gold or silver, you're talking down a fiat currency, and so um, I think that's probably one reason. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, people, uh, you know, that that they 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 want a mixture. I mean, I, I think this is this is again a massive misconception. I haven't put it down as one of my three misconceptions, but but um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would never suggest to anyone put all your money in gold and silver. You know, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with having good exposure to some fiat currencies as well. But what what scares me slightly is I think you should have at least some exposure to gold and silver, and most people have got literally none. Um, and I think that's quite scary. Uh, I'd also add, I think it's a bit scary if you've got 100% exposure to gold and silver and no exposure to uh, fiat currencies. You know, I think it's all about a balance. And, you know, I think that's, um, you know, one of the reasons why uh, people tend to talk more about the fiat currency than, than gold and silver, because, um, you know, given the choice, uh, I'm sure governments would rather have confidence behind their fiat currency than, than gold and silver. Um why gold? Obviously, you've dedicated your uh, a lot of your more recent career to the yellow metal. Why is there a reason why you've decided, say, fifteen years ago, to to just focus a lot on on the gold sector? Yeah, well, I, I think it's massively undervalued, if I'm honest. And um, you, you know, I I think it's like anything in life. You know, you want to buy low, sell high, and so when I was looking at the market, I, I was sort of looking at um, you know, assets I thought were were cheap. And um, even though gold is close to all time highs, um, I still view it as, as you know, attractively priced. And um, I'm not sure if you've got the the chart I sent you about debt and gold, but it, you know if you look at debt, it keeps going up. And I haven't, haven't really heard a convincing argument as to why it'll go down. And if you look at the gold price, as debt has gone up, the gold price has done pretty well as well. Um, and so, you know, if, if you want to you know, try and join some dots up, it, w- it would appear that if debt keeps going up, there's a good chance the gold price will keep going up. So, um, I see it as a slight, I suppose, insurance policy, if you want a better term, um, against um, you know the higher debt that we uh, looks like we're going to have. Someone that's never invested in in gold before. Um... And maybe some of our audience who are actually in the mining industry uh, may have not necessarily invested in gold before. What advice would you uh, would you give them? Well, that's why I put my gold package together because um, when I did my newsletter, I, I've written newsletters uh, my own as well as for Money Week and Agora. I used to have phone calls with people, and I was fairly appalled at their lack of knowledge about investing in gold, uh, and for that matter, investing in anything. And so um, what I wanted to do is, you know, I put together a book called The Beginner's Guide to Investing in Gold. And that's really the whole thing. You know, it, 
it, it's cheap. It's only like £4.97. The whole idea is that people just get on that journey and um, it just at least if, if, you know, put some money in gold. It doesn't have to be much. You know, Some people perhaps put 50 quid in it or, or some can put thousands, but I think you need to start on the journey. And uh, even though obviously I hope there's no Armageddon or any kind of nasty economic collapse, I think if there is, I think the world and his wife will want to set up gold accounts and um, I wouldn't want to be at the back of that queue. So I think uh, uh, there's a lot to be said for for at least setting up an account and buying a small amount. And then, you know, if, if times change and uh, the the sort of uh, anxiousness goes away, uh, there's a good chance you'll be able to sell the gold or silver, whatever you buy, you know, back to these people. Um, so I, I view it as a form of insurance as well. So uh, I think that uh, going back to your question, you know, if they've never done it before, um, the first thing I'd say is, you know, at least get started, at least do something. Don't just listen to this podcast and do nothing. How, and obviously, I don't want any predictions, but how do you see gold performing over the sort of coming years? Yeah, I mean, going back to what I just said, I, I think the debt's going to go up. And therefore, if you look at the history of the debt and the gold price, uh, the gold price has gone up as well. Now, uh, I think it's a very dangerous area to make predictions. But I think all I would say is um, I think gold's uh, better days are ahead of it rather than behind it. So um, I feel comfortable with the price where it is at the moment. And, and just to add to that, I mean, uh, I think the price is around 1900 and the all-in sustainable costs of actually producing it are probably around 1300 So um, logic, you know, this is logic. There's nothing more than that. But But logically... If the price goes below 1300 I'd have thought a lot of mines will stop producing because you don't want to produce at a loss. And if you've got less supply, then demand will go back up. So I think, you know, if you're buying something, at, let's say 1800 1900 and um, I think 1300 is a logical flaw. I'm not saying it is a flaw, but it's a logical flaw. Um, but there doesn't appear to be a ceiling. And I quite like that. You've um, you've written a, a a book, the Beginner's Guide to Investing in Gold. Um, why don't you just give us a snapshot of the book and also how people can obtain a copy of it? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, uh, um, if you go to uh, goldprogram.co.uk, so that's just goldprogram.co.uk, you get the book. Uh, I've got two bonuses with it. Uh, the first is my six pillars of investing, which is when I look at any investment the six things I like to look at. And I'm a professional investor, you know, I, I do it for a living. Um, and the second thing, uh, funny enough, when I started writing it, I thought, oh, this is fairly useful. But it, it's, as, as I was writing, I realized it was phenomenally useful. And what that is, is um, I, I call it discover where the funds are investing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have much time to kind of carry out research and things like that. So Basically, what they can do is they can look at this and it can show them where a lot of the funds uh, are putting their money. And so if you don't have much time, what you can do is you can say, OK, well, you know, if BlackRock or Sprott or um, Fidelity have got a stake in, in this company or that company, they've obviously done a lot of research about it. So it's good enough for me. And so you can build your own little portfolio, which kind of mimics what, you know, some of the uh, some of the big boys are doing. And within that piece there's also a lot of smaller funds so if you if you want to take a bit more risk um you can see what they're doing as well so i think it's quite a good i know cheat sheet for want of a better term as to uh you know 
some companies you can get involved in without doing a huge amount of work. And um, how can people purchase purchase the? Uh, if they go to goldprogram.co.uk and you can you can purchase it there. Um, if you go through goldprogram.co.uk forward slash free, you can also get a download of um, the uh, uh, the three misconceptions I've just been talking about. And um, uh, to be honest, if you if you order it and you get all my contact details, just drop me a line and I'll send you one anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think it could be it could be really useful for people. Yeah, and we can include those in the show notes accompanying this podcast as well for, for easy access. So, great. Simon, really appreciate your time. Thank you for educating our audience on the value of gold and probably why now. Uh, obviously, we were speaking off air, and probably now is a good time to at least educate yourself around precious metals, gold, or even silver. Um, at least educating and once you get a little bit more confident maybe then moving into something of doing something with gold because as you mentioned the price is probably going to go forward rather than backwards in the longer term um, and it helps maintain maintain well so um, this is obviously not financial advice um, but obviously do your your due diligence and research um, but really appreciate your time in in, I suppose, making our audience aware of gold and what the value of gold is. So really appreciate your, your, your time. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'd urge people just just get started. If you don't have any, um, you know, you might have got shares in a company you're working for or something like that, but I'd seriously get a bit of, you know, physical gold and silver. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be much, but just, just, get, just get going on it. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Simon's going to be speaking at the Resourcing Tomorrow event, which is at the end of November. Um, so if you are attending or would like to attend, um, if you look in the show notes, you can get yourself a ticket and there's also a discount code there as well. Um, and obviously, if you're there, um, listen to Simon's talk. Obviously, approach him if you have any uh, questions that you would like to ask in a bit more of a personal one to one, I'm sure he'll be able to answer that. So, um, appreciate your continued support. Please share this episode. This episode is not necessarily just for people within our mining uh, sector. It should be accessible to everyone, everyone outside of mining as well, because gold is not for just for our mining industry. It is um, help maintaining wealth for people outside of our industry. So, please share this uh, episode to. Anyone that you know, anyone that's investing, um, doesn't have to be in mining, can, they can just be in, uh, investors or someone you think could benefit from listening to this episode. Uh, appreciate if you could forward uh, forward the episode to them so they can have a listen. And if they've got any questions, then obviously they can uh, uh, reach out to Simon or even purchase his book for, for more information. So really appreciate your continued support. Please share this episode. And until next time, Happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.